live from the WLIWFM studio in Southampton, New York on February 24th, 2023. I'm Gianna Volpe. Democratic Suffolk County legislator Bridget Fleming announced yesterday that she would not seek re-election and would instead endorse Southampton Town Trustee Ann Welker to run in her place. Quote, it has truly been a dream job and a privilege to serve my community over these many years. Fleming said in a release, when I conclude my current term at the end of 2023, I will have served in elected office for 14 years and before that as an assistant district attorney for almost 10 years. After after 24 years in public service, I believe it's time to move on to new challenges and make way for fresh perspectives, so I will not be seeking re-election to the Suffolk County Legislature this year. State's Suffolk County Legislator Bridget Fleming of Noyak. Stephen J. Coates reports on 27East.com that Fleming did offer a strong endorsement of Welker, a Southampton resident who became the first woman to serve as a Southampton town trustee when she was elected to that position in 2017. In other political news, Suffolk County Republican committee members gathered in a crowded hotel ballroom in Ronkonkoma last night to formally nominate Brookhaven Town Supervisor Edward P. Romaine as their candidate for Suffolk County Executive and a slate of candidates for the Suffolk County Ledge. Speaking to an upbeat crowd at the Courtyard Marriott Hotel, Suffolk uh, GOP Chairperson Jesse Garcia touted Romaine's record as well as his personality, Vera Chinise, reporting on Newsday.com that Romaine was nominated over several other elected officials who screened for the office, including Comptroller John Kennedy and Kevin McCaffrey, the presiding officer of the Suffolk County Ledge. Romaine, 76, of Centrum Riches, also has the backing of Suffolk's Conservative Party. He will face Democrat Dave Cologne, 49, of East Setauket, who has worked as a federal and state prosecutor and served as chairperson of the Suffolk County Planning Commission in the November general election. Suffolk County Executive Steve Ballone, a Democrat, is term limited and ends his third and final four-year term at the end of 2023. All 18 legislative seats are also up this year. Republicans currently hold an 11-7 to majority in the Suffolk County Ledge, and all incumbents received the, uh, the Republican Party's nomination last night. Speaking of the county, the Suffolk County Parks Board of Trustees voted yesterday not to recommend a land swap of county park land with East Hampton Town for the construction of a wastewater treatment facility in Montauk. The board's lack of support for the land swap complicates and potentially ends East Hampton Town's proposed acquisition of 14 acres of Hither Woods Preserve in exchange for a separate, undeveloped 18.8-acre property, a swap environmentalists staunchly have opposed. Joe Workmeister reports on Newsday.com that the Suffolk trustees voted unanimously 9-0 to zero, with two members abstaining uh, to not recommend the land swap to the Suffolk County Ledge, I, maybe it's not unanimous if they, if two part, if two members abstained. The process of parkland alienation requires approval from the county legislature, which still could pass legislation for the land swap, regardless of the trustees' recommendation. Suffolk Parks trustee William Sickles, who represents Southampton on the board, said he believes a land swap cracks the door to allow municipalities to explore using parkland for other purposes. East Hampton Town officials said they've exhausted all other possible locations in a hamlet where land is either preserved or developed. 
Such a facility is necessary in Montauk, they say, to combat pollution caused by outdated cesspools in its densely populated downtown. East Hampton Supervisor Peter Van Skoyek told Newsday after the meeting he understood the concerns about parkland alienation and said it was a last resort. He added, for now, without having a site that's feasible, we won't be able to move forward on addressing this issue. Van Skoyek also said he believes a rational review of the facts will show the advantage of such a facility far outweighs any detriments. And finally, Marsden Street, once a sleepy side road in the village of Sag Harbor, seems to be on everyone's radar these days. And as as the town is buzzing in anticipation of next Tuesday's public hearing, Christopher Genjemi in the East Hampton Star reports that a group of neighbors whose properties border the proposed athletic field filed a lawsuit this month against the Sag Harbor School District, alleging it failed to adequately complete a state-mandated environmental review. Nevertheless, the Southampton Town Board has scheduled a public hearing for Tuesday, February 28th at 6 p.m. on the use of $6 million from the CPF Fund, uh, or the CPF, the Community Preservation Fund, to purchase the development rights on four lots near Pearson Middle High School to create a sports field for school and community use. Quote, bring your jammies. Councilperson Cindy McNamara commented, if the town of Southampton agrees to purchase the Marsden Street lots and the Sag Harbor School District passes a capital improvement bond, which it hopes to do in conjunction with its annual budget vote on May 16, the district would be able to turn what Councilperson Tommy John Schiavone called a de facto sump into a community resource source. Uh, Jeff Nichols, Sag Harbor's superintendent, says... We want the bond vote on a normal budget vote day because the turnout is greater and the community participation is greater. To do that, the district needs to begin alerting the public to the bond vote um, by March 20th. Mr. Nichols agreed to separate the capital improvement bond into two parts, one for improvements to Mash Park, the other for the four Marsden Street properties for which Southampton Town preservation money is on the table. Staying in Sag Harbor for the weather in honor of esteemed panelist Plain Sight Project's Donna Marie Barnes, as well as uh, emerging filmmakers Sam Hamilton and Julian Alvarez, joining us at the bottom of the hour for the Friday morning tea, underwritten by Village Overhead Doors, looking like, ah, finally, a mostly sunny Friday with a temperature falling to around freezing to 32 degrees by 5 p.m., Windchill values below freezing between 20 and 30 degrees. Breezy with a northwest wind, 21 to 24 miles an hour. Gusts as high as 36. Uh, so definitely do uh, secure the objects in on your property. Tonight, mostly clear with a low around 16 degrees. Oh, I'll definitely be dri- dripping the sinks tonight. Windchill between 5 and 15 Degrees northwest wind, 11 to 8 miles per hour gusts continuing uh, to go high, 29 degrees tonight. Right now, it's 41 degrees, and since we'll be covering the Forgetting to Remember Black History Month partnership between the Sag Harbor Cinema and the Plain Sight Project, thanks to a $200,000 grant from the U.S. Board of Education, we'll have a Remember theme going uh, going today with music from all decades and genres. Hoping you've not forgotten to remember our Black forefathers this and every month. But if you've not done so in a while, uh, a suggestion to take a minute to do a simple Google search. And certainly stay tuned to learn more about 
David Hempstead Sr. at the bottom of this hour right here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station. We've got Air, Red Norvo, the Marcus King Band, and the Jimi Hendrix Experience. But first, Harry Nielsen on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, 88.3 and 96.9 WLIWFM. Long ago, far away, life was clear, closure.
bit of a pet track there in Red Norvo and his orchestra's Remember here on the Remember edition of The Heart on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, getting our esteemed panelists for the Friday morning tea underwritten by Village Overhead Doors, uh, comfortable in the WLIWFM studio. They will be with us in just a few moments. Donna Marie Barnes, Sam Hamilton, and Julian Alvarez joining us for the Friday morning tea. Stay tuned after the Marcus King Band right here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Savannah Hopes and hands I'm sure Road leaves me elsewhere Wouldn't be there if I could Just caught off the phone with you Did more damage than anything else Wish I could have been home Heard you spent your time by yourself but you really don't remember leaving me here. When I fell down your stairs, didn't seem to care. Love when I was drowning, my sister came to my side. Cause you really don't remember. been trying to forget When I needed you Where the hell were you then? Said it was some place Similar to the state of mind I'm in Said I should have never been here But you kept me around Is that your way of loving me? Was it just the conscience that you found? Cause you really don't remember Leaving me here But I fell down your stairs Never seemed to care sister came to my side you really don't remember you've been trying to
leaving me When I fell down your stairs Didn't seem to care Love when I was drowning Well, my sister came to my side Really don't remember been trying to forget Marcus King Band leading us to the bottom of the nine o'clock hour here on Friday morning just after midnight if you're listening to uh, the replay and I am so excited to have in the studio among our panelists this morning the one and only Donna Marie Barnes of the Plain Sight Project. We're trying to sort of remember uh, the conversation that we had with Bennett Konezny uh, from uh, the sh- uh, Shelter Island, Sylvester Manor. She's whispering to me. I love <laughs> We're like, but but as uh, uh, all of us know, the last few years have been kind of a black hole. So we can't we can't remember quite how it went. If it was a if it was a a conference call or what. I do know we learned a whole lot about the Plain Sight Project, and that is a beautiful thing. Uh, having started in 2017, uh, they are doing a great partnership right now, th- uh, thanks to a $200,000 grant from the U.S. Department of Education with Sag Harbor Cinema. Um, it's month long, but I imagine will continue and has several parts to it, right? So we've yeah. got. We've got uh, projections. Do you want to start there, Donna Marie? Sure. Telling so, us about projections. Thanks so much for having me. And again, it's, it's great to see you in person, finally. Oh, there we go. That would help the microphone. <laughs> it's great to see you in person. Um, so, yeah, so this year, the Plainside Project uh, and the Sag Harbor Cinema are joining in a partnership uh, funded, as you said, by the Department of Education. The Plainside Project... Uh, is something that I'm the co-director and co-founder of with David Rattray of the East Hampton Star. And we are dedicated to uncovering the histories of the enslaved and free people of color of the East End. And it's in conjunction with my other job as the director of history and heritage at Sylvester Manor on Shelter Island. And so this project that we're doing for this Black History Month um, will be the premiere of a short documentary film um, in what we're calling the Forgetting to Remember series. And it's a film that's really dedicated to telling the story of David Hempstead Sr., who was an enslaved man in Southhold, then after he was emancipated, moved to Shelter Island and worked at Sylvester Manor. And it's an incredible untold story and uh, we're really, really excited to huge, present it. Hugely important work, yeah. what you do yeah. with the Plain Sight Project. Did not know that David started on on the, on the North Fork. Well, this is David Hempstead Sr. Okay. This is the father of the David Hempstead that we all know, or some of us know about from Sag Harbor, who was a resident of the Eastville community and a founder of the, of the St. David's AME Zion Church, and who, you know, the the street, Hempstead Street in Sag Harbor is named after him. And even I didn't know that there was another David Hempstead and that his story was even more incredible. 
So you are flanked by uh, the filmmakers Sam Hamilton and Julian Al- Alvarez, who did a documentary about this incredible man. Can you can you talk about Julian? We'll start with you. Talk about uh, starting this project, how it came to be. Um, I was pretty ignorant of not only the Plain Sight project, but also the work that they had been doing, uncovering all of these um, forgotten histories of enslaved lives on the East End. Um, and my good friend Sam approached me to kind of co-direct this project with him. <clears throat> and it it was really, when we started doing some of these interviews with Donna Marie, with David, and they began listing off these these anecdotes, these names, these real people, these people that lived yes. here, they worked here, they died here. And it was an incredibly eye-opening experience for me, someone who was born in Southampton and grew up in, in East Hampton and Bridgehampton, um, to look at my own home and realize that there's an entire history of people that have been forgotten. Right. And when you think of when when people think of the slave trade, traditionally, they think of the South and they don't realize right. how much uh, of that history is and was uh, here in the North as well. Well, yeah, it's, it's the, the history of Northern slavery is not something that we're generally taught in school. And so when we first when David and I first started doing these presentations for the Plainside Project, and when I would give tours at Sylvester Manor telling our history, the phrase we heard most over and over again was, how come I didn't know that? Right. How come nobody ever told me? How come I didn't learn that in school? And we have found that these are stories, and this is a history throughout the North that has been hidden, forgotten, um, not remembered, not taught, and in uncovering the histories where we're not just talking about black history. We always say this is American history. This yes. is the history of of our communities that we live in. This was always a, a tri-ethnic diverse place of indigenous Native Americans, uh, white settlers, usually English, and the enslaved Africans that they brought here and bought here to work, do the work. In yes. almost every household. And I always wonder, I always wonder why it, it uh, seems to become controversial to talk about the idea of, of, mm. of reworking curriculums to really talk about the yeah. comprehensive American history and why, why things like critical race theory seem to be controversial for people when it's real. These, it's, yeah, it's very real. It's a, Obviously, it's a big subject that's very much in the news these days. But the work that we're doing to to present these lives, these individuals, tell these stories, tell this history, incorporate it into the history that's all around us. Because if you live on the east end of Long Island, you know you're living history every day. It's everywhere. Yes. It's in the town logos. It's in the T-shirts you wear. It's on, it's on our caps. You know, there's history markers everywhere. But underneath that, that obvious story is this other story of these other people who lived here, who built this place. And that story is actually one of resilience and strength and survival and only makes us better knowing it. These were, they lived under horrible conditions. We have all agreed slavery was just abhorrent. But to know their names and to know their stories, specifically starting as we did with David Hempstead, who lived this incredible life and 
and overcame the burden of, of slavery to being a free man of color, to being a landowner, to, to being the founding father of this amazing family. Um, and to bring it to light is, is, has been an amazing journey. And having Sam and Julian interpret that um, in their film has been um, another step for us in the Plainside Project to to use multimedia to have another venue of ways to tell our stories as opposed to just David and I in a, in a library room, you know, with microphones talking about it. Um, so it's really opened up a lot of what we do. Have you gotten to see the film? I have. Oh, my gosh. So thoughts? Um, well... <laughs> it's a great film. Um, I'm in it, so you know it's always it's like tough to see it's yourself. tough. Yeah, it's I tough. Understand. But uh, I've gotten over that. So, so Sam, we didn't get to do, to talk uh, from your perspective about doing the film and how the impetus for the film itself. Uh, I know that you approached Julian. So, how did it start for you? Yes. Yeah, so, um, my day job is the communications manager at Sag Harbor Cinema. Fantastic. Um, and one of the things that I do that's somewhat under that job title is uh, we, we produce these series of short films, short documentaries um, that we call the Sag Harbor Stories. And if you've ever been to Sag Harbor Cinema, you so will have beautiful. seen them um, on screen. They run before the trailers and before all the feature films at the cinema. They're these one minute, one minute, 15 second short documentaries about local uh, figures in Sag Harbor, local characters. And the, the idea behind them is to try to introduce audiences that may not be from the area, that may be coming in from the city just to come for the beaches and the, the sunny days. And you slip in some education. <laughs> you slip in some education about, about the people in our village that yes. really makes it unique and makes it special. Um, and that th this the forgetting to remember project is of course a collaboration between Sag Harbor Cinema and Plain Sight Project, um, and so this film really is is a natural evolution out of that that sort of Sag Harbor stories uh, genre, if you will. Um, to As be able to the, uh, the commissioned portrait, um, yeah, uh, by yeah. Michael so, Butler. Yes, yeah, so Michael Butler, Michael A. Butler is an artist who lives in Sag Harbor. Um, he and I have been friends since we were children. And so as we were developing the idea for the film um, to tell the story of David Hempstead's life, uh, the one thing that was missing is that we don't have a portrait. You know, there's, there's no photographs of him and there, there are no paintings. Or, And so I had this idea to ask Michael to, to reimagine David Hempstead in a painting, which he did magnificently. And uh, it will also be on view at the cinema starting tomorrow and is featured in the film. So when will the film be running? Is it, it, has, it, has it been screening all month? The film premieres tomorrow. <gasps> oh, yay. The, I haven't uh, missed it. The event is just about sold out. <laughs> so uh, we're very oh, so excited to be able to premiere it tomorrow for about 230 people in Sag Harbor at the cinema after which follows the opening of the exhibition on the cinema's third floor, featuring Michael Butler's original portrait of David Hempstead Sr., as well as some other pieces of his art um, and some other uh, pieces telling the story of the Plainsight Project. Um, and then it will be on view uh, on the next weekend as well at the cinema. Again, free registration. It's a, it's a short film. It's only about 27 minutes, um, but 
it's worth seeing. It tells the incredible story of the Plainsight Project and, um, again, this this history of David Hempstead Sr., which um, has just been a real honor to be able to share with the public. SagHarborCinema.org if you want to get one of those final seats for tomorrow's <laughs> premiere. I did want to touch on uh, another aspect of this partnership and actually a partnership with the Vanderbilt Institute uh, for Spatial Research. Uh, Donna Marie, do you know uh, about this? Yeah, we, we partnered with Vanderbilt University to create uh, what's called a heat map. So it's a large-scale monitor, uh, sort of computer monitor, that has a map of the East End. And uh, it's, it's an interactive kind of thing. So you touch on a dot on a specific location, and information about an enslaved or free person of color will come up. Um, so it's it's a way of of sort of digitally mapping the work that we've been doing and and sort of a step into a different kind of technology to use our resources of all the information that we've gathered over the last few years. So this whole project has been for the Plainside Project uh, sort of an evolution to to be creative, to be to have as I said multimedia, to be have interactive learning tools. And I think all of these ideas will, you know, propel us forward for our future. So the, it will be, it's there? Is it, is it it's there the, It'll already? be there, yeah. It'll be there um, as part of the exhibition on the third floor of the cinema. Fantastic. Yeah. A beautiful place, by the way. There's a bar in the back, and then there's actually uh, a, a terrace behind the marquee, which is like the coolest thing. Uh, Not so much in February. But... Oh, yeah, that's true. Although we were having a very nice May earlier yes. this February. I don't think that'll happen tomorrow. No, no. But that's okay. You can stay in, <laughs> stay nice and cozy inside and watch the film. Uh, I'd love to learn a little bit more about the film and about David uh, Hempstead Sr. himself. Um, well, as I said, David Hempstead Sr. was born in Southhold, um, enslaved to a family um called the Hempsteads. Thomas Hempstead was the slaveholder. That's so interesting. So he adopted his name. Yes, he adopted his name. Thomas Hempstead uh, was a teacher and taught David to read and write and manumitted him in the early 1800s. Um, and from there, he made his way to Shelter Island, where he worked at Sylvester Manor for the Deering family um, and wow. became the farm manager under Esther Sarah Deering uh, when she was widowed in 1820, which is an incredible thing to think about. This right. is a free man living on the Sylvester Manor property with his wife and his children, and he's working as the farm manager with a half share in everything that the farm produces. So in his honor last year uh, in new fields on our farm at Sylvester Manor, new cultivated field, back fields, we dedicated them to his memory, and they're now called Hempstead Fields. I was going to say, I would love to see, you know, you, you've got the portrait, but, you know, yeah. these are the type of people that uh, I would love to see monuments and schools and, and places. Well, that's, you know, after. the Plainside Project's purpose is to provide the information and, and to present it to the public. Now, what we do as a community as a whole, to remember, to commemorate, um, is up to all of us. We, we, we can tell you the story. Now what are we going to do with that story? Right. And so part of that uh, is realized in Sylvester Manor naming Hempstead Field for David Hempstead Sr., who worked that very land. 
For more information, don't forget to check out plainsightproject.org. Is that right? Yep. Donna Marie. And also, if you'd like to get snag one of those final tickets for uh, tomorrow's um, uh, uh, premiere of the screening, remind me of the film name, Sam. The film is called Forgotten Founders, David Hempstead Sr. Forgotten No Longer. Sagharborcinema.org <laughs> for um, tickets to Forgotten Founders. I'm Gianna Volpe. That was Donna Marie Barnes, Sam Hamilton, and Julian Alvarez. This was the Friday Morning Tea, underwritten by Village Overhead Doors. This is the Jimi Hendrix Experience. And you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
From the Jimi Hendrix Experience to Sharon and Charlie Parker, you get it all right here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Reba McIntyre and Diana, uh, Diana Ross on deck. Dave Matthews Band, if we have any more time ahead of the NPR news break, at the top of the hour. It's the Remember edition of The Heart on WLIWFM. But me, I just came anyway I couldn't care less what you say Cause I know you from long before You hid behind a stained glass door And walked around And looked your old friends up and down
impossible for me to listen to any track off that record without singing it at full volume. I remember listening to it in my mom's car outside of our family preschool while she was inside teaching herself how to use the computer. That record coming out in 1990, I was saying yesterday, I couldn't remember uh, whether 93 I was getting into uh, the internet, you know, using the internet. I think it was more like 1996 and 7, that arena. I'm Gianna Volpe. This is the Remember Edition of The Heart, leading you into the NPR News break with the Queen, Diana Ross. Remember me. We're only going to get 55 seconds of it, but that's all right. Bye. 